<laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones and the Temple Film. I'm Steve, and this is a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. The compadres coming with me again on this listener submitted movies, Chris and Brad. Chris, why don't you plug your friend and the social medias? All right. I was in Kansas City recently and I went to Lee Summit, well, Overland Park, Kansas. Uh, I went to the mall there. There's a really cool place called the Retro Zone. Uh, it's what it sounds like, they sell a bunch of old shit that we all like. They hooked me up with some good VHS. One of the owner's buddies is a listener, so if that's you, hello. I have no idea who you are, but nice. thanks for listening. Yeah, you mentioned that you met, like, a real listener, or kind of met a real listener. Yeah, he's like, life. I've heard I've heard your podcast. He's like, my buddy that. listens to it. And I was like, that's, that's really interesting and cool, and made me feel very awkward in the moment. <laughs> It's not all people can uh, survive with the star power that you. Uh, you yeah, just living lady. living with fame is a hard thing. You know, it's gonna whatever. <laughs> it's gonna magnify everything about your life. Yeah, leave 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 me, leave me in my basement. What about uh, our social medias? Where can they find us? Uh, we have a Instagram called Analog Jones T O F. We have a Facebook group. Analog Jones Temple of Film, and we have an email that I will get correct this time. Analog Jones TOF at gmail.com. What can they do with that email? They can send whatever they like to you because <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> oh, Brad, we got all the business stuff off. What business is. Well, I, I don't know. I have a transition for that. What completely the, real company is sponsoring our podcast? Well, we're back on with Vaping Grandma Skipper Supermarket. Uh, they want us back again for some reason. Um, got a special coming up here, fellas. So uh, pay attention here. Do you like yelling at old people when you're in the supermarket? Sure. I, I fucking want to. Well, you're in luck because at Grandma, <laughs> Vaping Grandma Skipper's <laughs> Supermarket, if you yell at an old person at Christmas Eve, you will earn 50 cents off per gallon of gas. Just make sure you come I, in Christmas Eve and yell at an old person. And also a child. You, it doesn't have to be your child. Me? Yeah. Dude, I get 16 miles to the gallon. I'm screaming at everybody. So there you go. do you get like double coupons if you scream at an old person and a child? Maybe it's like 75% off a gallon of gas? I think you can get up to like a dollar or fifty off for gas. Whoa. I'm screaming at everybody. I'm vaping, drinking, and yelling. <laughs> you know, they drive those little carts around. They can turn. They just drive at you, and they never move. Like they have a steering wheel on them. People with broken bones is fine. You're not used to driving the thing. I'll move. Yeah, yeah, I get that. You know what I don't get is uh, when I see them, and instead of buying like the, because where, where I go, they have like a, a card extension on the front that you can put on one of those things. Because you know the carts aren't very big on that, so you get a little extender. I, I've seen them where they just keep piling up all the groceries in their cart, and then they start putting them on their lap. And everything, you know, under like, their feet. I've seen that too. Yeah, I was like, they have cart. They're right in the front. Like you I just pop the grocery on. store for ten years. It's you see it all, and then they oh. just leave them in the middle of the like 
parking lot. It's like, I gotta go get this thing and drive 40 miles an hour back. Not even. So what do you guys, just plug those things in and charge them when you work there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, they they, they, uh, they must go quite a long time, because I swear some of those look old as shit. No, no, they're expensive. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm suing. Like, you gotta, you gotta invest in some good ones there, because you have no idea what idiot's gonna be driving those. They have no other choice. You could buy the shittiest, scariest ones ever. Yeah, you could. All right, where do we go next after all that cart talk? I guess we go to our quick facts here. Brad. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, Chris, did we introduce what we're watching if they can't read? Uh, I don't think they did, and if they listen to us, they probably can't read very well either. Uh, uh, no. We are watching 1994's Dumb and Dumber. And the reason we're watching Dumb and Dumber is because this is. is part two of our four-part listener-submitted month after Halloween. And this one was kind of, I mean, I've, I've had all my friends that I've gone to school with, college, high school, and everything, just about all of them, why haven't you done Dumb and Dumber yet? Well, I'll tell you why. I don't really like to do comedies. They're tough. We're just going to be giggling through the whole thing. They're, you know, it, it, it's just tough. Uh, movies that are good to talk about are usually bad ones, crazy ones, or ones people have never seen. It, it's tough when you're when you're staring down the barrel of like one of the greatest comedies of the '90s. Hell, I mean, I, I could, you guys could make an argument. Anyone could make an argument. It's one of the greatest comedies of all time. Yeah. Everybody's seen it. We've all yeah, been. If you like comedy, this is going to be in your list. Yeah. So the only people who didn't, you know, give this a, a thumbs up was basically like Ebert, which he might have actually revised that later on in life. Because I remember listening to his review on it and he's just like, listen, uh, I thought it was funny. I laughed. I laughed so hard at one time. Uh, I'm glad they, it wasn't that funny the rest of the movie because I would have had to go to the hospital. But I just thought it was a sloppy movie. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? movie's like tightly packed i mean i get it if you're comparing it to other great like director dramas yeah it might be sloppy it's a comedy about two morons you got three right here though that's true you got them outflanked but uh yeah with this great structured comedy because i'm gonna call it that i don't give a shit what he says uh brad (laughs) quick facts on this quick facts okay it's good to do a comedy. I'm enjoying doing these comedies, actually. Yeah, it's fun to. We don't get as a lot of. We don't get as many good comedies nowadays as we got back in the '90s. I don't think we, we get next to none nowadays. Back in my day, you know, we weren't but no, so was, offended all the time. I just think studios are so risk averse now, too. It's just exactly. like fuck it, put Kevin Hart and everything. He's gonna pull a box office. So yeah, you really think comedies would make the most amount of money? Horror movies and comedies because you can spend like ten million dollars. Put it out there. If you make 50, okay, great. I don't know why, though, but, like, yeah, since the risk aversion has taken over, I, I feel they're, like, there's not, like, there isn't a high enough ceiling on comedies, I think. I think streaming services pump them out, but they're not very good. That's the issue. Yeah, you might be right, because I, I feel like Netflix has, like, one come out, like, once a month, but I never, I, every one that I've watched, they're just, I never finish them. Yeah. yeah, it seems like a lot of comedies are like comedy crossovers, like adventure comedies or... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Lily tries to watch them, and some of them will get like 20 minutes in, and like, yep, yeah, we're changing this. Yeah, we'll put like John Cena in it. But John Cena's funny, but, you know, he's not a comedy actor. He's an action star who can be funny. Yeah, that's why you got to have a hell of a writer 
like James Gunn when he when he does like Peacemaker. Yeah, you know that's yeah. what made that show so good. So good. Yeah, like The Rock, the same way. He's funny and he's very charismatic, but he's not a comedy guy. He's he's yeah. an action star. Among many other things, we've already talked about The Rock. The dude's great yeah. at like everything he does. But uh, okay, and we Will got this. Smith, kind of... am I right? Will Smith is great. Right. right? He is great. So we're going to give credit where credit is due. Will Smith is. I'll watch a shitty Will Smith movie just because Will Smith's in it. Yeah. It's... Hey, I'll watch anything Nick Cage makes. That's true. I can't. I actually. Uh... I want to watch him where's the old hitman just killing everyone. I'm like, okay, I'll tune in. That sounds great. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Hey, we should talk about this movie. Okay. <laughs> this is one of the, you know, the most famous and uh, prolific and, um, you know, greatest comedy movies of all time. So directed by Peter Farrelly, uh, written by Peter Farrelly, Bobby Farrelly, and Bennett Yellen, distributed by New Line, released on December 16th 1994 with a budget of 17 million box office 247 million dollars we got a tomato score of 68% um, and an audience score of 84 well, who's that 26% that don't like it my mom i don't know you know it was nominated for some like worst of movies i guess people who don't like i don't some people yeah. just like structure and everything and this movie is some people could see it, i guess is unstructured yeah I, I think this goes back to like if you went to film school and stuff like that, because this movie kind of has just like it's two different movies. First, it's a road trip and then it's a fish out of water in Aspen. And it, it's you probably should cut it into twos and this or you cut it into three. You know, you're like three uh, act structure, but this is more of a two act structure. But what do you cut out of this film? Because it, it's so funny. Like I could see editing this film is like, I'm not getting rid of this. This is hilarious. It's a comedy. It It is three act. Before they go on the road trip, I guess you could say, but that the setup's short, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty quick too, but yeah, that's what she said. Right? I know. Yeah. Hey, oh, uh, <laughs> what's uh, who's starring in this film that everyone's seen? Well, okay, so we got Jim Carrey, Lloyd Christmas. Um, Jim's banned from traveling to Russia right now, by the way. Really? Is retaliation, the Russian retaliation for Canada slapping sanctions on Russia over invading Ukraine. You know, I don't think he really gives a shit. Yeah. Well, I didn't have a lot of plans to go to Russia anytime anyway. So Do we got uh, Jeff Daniels. I mean, uh... no, not a whole lot. No, yeah. I'm going to go. I don't know what. Yeah. Um, we got Harry Dunn. Jeff Daniels is Harry Dunn. Uh, Lloyd Zitzi, our headed best friend, roommate. Uh, Lauren Hawley is Mary Swanson, a wealthy but troubled heiress. Was actually married to Jim Carrey for a couple of years after this movie. Yeah, wasn't it a year? Yeah, it didn't a last year. long. No, celebrities are hard to be married to. I think. Uh, yeah, two celebrities really hard. Yeah. Um, Karen Duffy is J.P. Shea, henchwoman of Nicholas Andre. Thought she was fantastic. We got Mike Stars, Joe Mentalino, Mental, the henchman with a stomach ulcer. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Charles Rocket is Nicholas Andre. A uh, greedy, wealthy resident of Aspen and a uh, former Saturday Night Live cast member. Yeah, he was during the Dark Ages, right? Yeah, I don't remember that. That was like when yeah, I was. Yeah, he really was during the terrible it. parts of the '80s. I don't think he made it that long either. Like maybe a season or two. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember I they, him. I think yeah. they kind of had to bring in Eddie Murphy to save the show, and then they got rid of. Then you know, then it got really good again with yeah um, all the people in the '80s they brought in. But uh, we got Victoria Rolls, Beth Jordan. The athletic beauty, the FBI agent who masquerades as a talkative young woman moving to Aspen to get away from her boyfriend. And then some other you know, minor characters here. We got Cam Neely, a sea bass. He's a real life NHL hockey player. So don't want to mix it up with him. You will not 
likely come out on the positive end of that. Uh, Felton Perry is Detective Dale. He was Johnson from RoboCop. That's right, yeah. And Harlan Williams, who's been in a lot of movies, uh, funny dude. Um, fucking love him. A lot of 90s movies. He's got some very memorable parts, very tremendous, um, what do we call that, just a cameo yeah. actor um, as a motorcycle cop in this. And he just, you know, the guy's just memorable in everything he does. I quoted, you guys knocking back some, some of Grandpa's old cough medicine all the time in college. All the time. I mean, still do. Yeah, kind of. this movie, there's so many quotes in this movie that I, I forget that you hear them and you hear them so much that you forgot where they came from this movie. And like, oh, yeah, it came from Dumb and Dumber. I must say, I, I love that. Watching a movie that we're doing for this, something I haven't seen in years. And I was like, that's where it comes from. Yeah. You know, as much as I watch this, because I, I mean, I religiously watched this in high school uh, when I set up my old CRT TV, 13 inch in my room with a VCR underneath. I used to fall asleep to this movie all the time. Uh, and usually I would fall asleep when they pick up mental somewhere around there, you know, but uh, I had seen this so much. And I would just pick it up the next night. I'd fast forward it because, you know, eventually it stopped and rewind. I fast forwarded to it and I, I watched it so much. And my friend Terry, which I wanted, he's been on this podcast. I wanted to have him on this, but he decided to skip this for work. A fucking loser. Nerd. We would never do that. Yeah. Never, ever, ever. Anyway, Terry's a loser. And he listens to this show and he'll know that. Um, you should have been on this. You should have quit your job for the podcast. That's what Chris did 14 times. He's on his 15th job during this podcast. You know how hard that is? Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm hungry, and I'm tired, and I'm cold. We sent him food, but he refuses to eat my crackers. Homemade crackers? I don't know what's in them. Uh, exactly. You should eat <laughs> we them. Send him. We send him leftovers after I the dog a, gets his. <laughs> I got a food allergy. What is this, Mad Max? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this movie is fantastic. Uh, I loved it so much, and we uh, all loved it in college, and we just sat there and annoyed girls all the time when we quote it. Yeah, I mean, this is almost like, it was like a history lesson in a way, as much as it was watching a comedy movies from the 90s. Yeah, you know a real 90s kid when they constantly are still quoting Dumb and Dumber and just expect everyone to know it. Mm -hmm. You it's, haven't seen it's this? like before memes. We've talked about that with South Park. Yeah. There's exactly. just a, and the Family Guy. There was just a bunch of shit that we would copy. That's yeah, not, you know, and I'm not gonna, and you know, I'm rarely gonna ever say anything about Top Gun not being number one in something. But I'd say this movie is more quoted than Top Gun. Oh yeah, um, I think also this. I think just so many young kids ended up idolizing Jim Carrey too, because in like 1994 when this came out, you had Ace Ventura, you had the mask and then you get dumb and dumber the guy was rocketed to being the number yeah. one star in america he yeah. owned between, 1994 between 1994 and 1999 you could not go an hour without hearing somebody say all righty then yeah fire yeah. marshal bill i used yeah. to do that all the time i know he went from the white guy in in living color to the number one paid actor in hollywood that's I, wow what a rise. Before that, he was sleeping in a Volkswagen with his family. The, down I, by the river? I hope so. Yeah, down by the river. And he was doing like, he was a, him and his brother were doing like janitorial jobs at night so that their family could have a house. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, that's depressing. Well, he's fine. Yeah, he's good now. Yeah, he, turned, he turned the corner, him and his family. 
I'm sure they're living in a nice house right now. Retired. <laughs> he made them live in a car now. He's like, I did it for you. It's your turn. Except their car that they get's like a giant van. The shagging wagon. <laughs> Chicks dig it. All right. Dude. Let's uh, watch a trailer on this. You guys got anything else before we get into it? I was just going to say, I, I pretended to sleep on the couch to watch In Living Color. Good for you. Yeah. It was so good. I was like 11 when that was out. That Man. was good. That was really underrated. I uh, wonder, because I, I haven't watched In Living Color in a really, really long time. Uh, I wonder how poorly that has aged. You want to hear a story about no, it? No, no, well, no. Goes. I mean, I, I mean uh, the jokes. You know what I mean? Like when kids look back and they're like, that's so cringe. I know. I'm like, yeah. We have yeah. Man TV and In Living Color. They, I'm sure they fucked up a lot. Well, I wouldn't even say they fucked up. It's just like times changed. And like, yeah, those jokes were appropriate then. Uh, they might not have been nice. Uh, oh, I, I guarantee they weren't nice. But no one looked at it. No one, well, actually, old people looked at it. They're like, I can't believe it. They're so crass. They're just so mean. And yeah, us in the 90s were yeah. like, it's <laughs> anything, right? anything that offended old people was something like, oh, old people don't mm -hmm. like it. That means I like it, you know? I know. The 90s was all about, like, offending the older generation. Like, slime and Nickelodeon, inappropriate jokes on MTV, you know, people running around showing nipples on NBC. It was, like, fucking, it was great. I remember Time that. to be alive. I know the 90s are so great. Back in my day, you could afford a home. <laughs> now you gotta sell your soul. My soul's been gone for a long time, guys. Anyway, Dumb and Dumber, let's watch trailer. Excuse me. Could you tell me how to get to the medical school? You go straight ahead, and uh, you make the left over the bridge. That's a lovely accent you have. New Jersey? Austria. Austria? <laughs> well then, <laughs> good day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Uh-oh, what? What's your name? You spilled the salt. That's what's the matter. Toss some salt over your right shoulder. What the hell? Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Guys, guys, guys! Skis, huh? That's right. The yours? Uh huh. Both of them? Yeah. <laughs> What's her last name? I'll look it up. Uh, starts with an S. So swim, swammy. Slippy, slappy, swimming, salmon, salmon, swanson, swanson? Maybe it's on the briefcase. Look on the... Oh, yeah! It's right here. Samsonite. I was way off. What happened, Harry? Some little filly break your heart? No, it was a girl. Brayda Belcher. I thought we were going to be together forever. <laughs> she give you any reason? Yeah, I called her up. She gave me a bunch of crap about me not listening to her enough or something. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. Hey, that was good. Hey. We're going to rock down to Electric Avenue. to 
be here 40 minutes ago. I bathe them and I clip them myself. And I stand by my performance. Go look at the fun bags on that hose hound. I'd like to eat her liver with some farva beans and a nice bottle of key ante. <laughs> This is one of the best, like, just buddy duos I've ever seen on screen. I mean, they they just, uh, thank God they didn't go with Nick Cage. Like, that's the first time I've ever said that in a film. Right. Nick Cage was supposed to play one of them. I I think it was originally supposed to, I think Nick Cage was supposed to play Lloyd. Or no, no, it was supposed to play Harry. Harry, yeah, they were going for Nick Cage, yeah. No, no, no. When it worked. I agree with you, man. I watch everything that man has been in. And uh, no, please no. Yeah, and I think... See, what ended up happening is... There's a a couple stories going out there, but I ended up tracking down... uh, I think it was from Screen Rant. Had an article where they interviewed uh, Jeff Daniels. And what happened was his agency got the script and they didn't want to give it to him. Because they're like, you shouldn't do this film. And he's like, oh, you know, know, give me all the scripts I want to read them that we get that people send to me. Uh, he's a very thorough actor like that. Like, he's just that kind of guy. Like, I want to, you know, at least take a look at the script. He loved the script. And he's like, this is really good. You know, this is funny. This is smart. Uh, and everything like that. But, you know, his agent was just like, the movie's called Dumb and Dumber. Do not do this. This will ruin your career. And a lot of agents from the agency said that. And he's like, you know... I'm in a wall in my career right now. I'm doing movies like Arachnophobia. I'm not exactly on fire. Because, um, you know, he did a lot of good, smaller, excellent movies in the 80s, but it wasn't carrying over to the 90s. So he's like, I want to show off my comedic chops again. And they're like, don't do this. This will kill your career. You're, you'll never be a serious actor again. It's like, whatever, I'm going to do it. So New Line was in negotiations with Nicolas Cage because they had had several actors, but ended up, nailing Lloyd they're like we want this Jim Carrey guy we worked with him uh, in mask Jim Carrey's gonna frontline our movie and he's gonna be a star uh and they tried to get him for seven hundred thousand dollars Jim Carrey uh but luckily the timing came out that Ace Ventura came out at the beginning of the year I think it was a January February film and he became a star a comedic star so his agency actually hardcore negotiated and got him seven million dollars for this film Jesus. Half the budget. Yeah, that's like 1990s money, too. That'd be like, you know, $17 million today. Yeah, it's nuts that he... I, I, I still can't... When I read it, I was like, that's got to be wrong. There's no way New Line gave him... They just would have got someone else, but that's how much New Line believed in him. They thought he was the most... They had the foresight to know that this guy was just that bankable. Dude, that, that's completely the opposite of what happened in 12 Monkeys. They filmed uh-huh. it right before an interview dropped. So they got the reverse effect. Oh, with Rob Brad Pitt. Yeah, so he wasn't really anybody. And then, bam, that released. And then 12 Monkeys finished. Yeah, so you got Mm -hmm. him on the cheat big time. Yeah. Uh, And Jeff Daniels said, you know, his agency kept trying to get him out of it. And he's like, no, I want to do this film. And so they, they said, fine, go in, do your test screening with this guy named Jim Carrey, who, you know, they were just like, it's the white guy. From In Living Color. Go do it. The Fairley brothers said their chemistry was so electric and perfect. He grounded Jim Carrey. He worked well with Jim Carrey. 
he he gave Jim Carrey a lot of acting advice on just like you know play it this tone and then go here like that's why this movie's so good you Jeff Daniels is one hell of a fucking actor but he he acts his role Jim Carrey acts his role and they balance each other yeah. and it is one of the best duos I've ever seen but New Line's like no we do not want Jeff Daniels we're gonna keep looking because Nick Cage was playing hardball with his salary he like wanted. I don't know if it was like two or three million dollars. And they're like, we're not paying the two front stars of a comedy like this $10 million, 12, whatever it was. And so Bob Shea and them. Now, at first, I thought this was all Bob Shea, but Bob Shea's like, no, I just want someone else. But another executive from New Line actually did not like Jeff Daniels personally. He didn't like him as an actor and he didn't like him as a person. <clears throat> and I didn't know this. This was news to me. Uh, and he's just like, let's not get him. Let's lowball offer him, and he'll end up leaving the picture so we don't look like the bad guys. So then Bob Shea turned around and delivered the bad news. He's like, we will take you, Jeff Daniels, but we're only going to give you $50,000. And Jeff Daniels knew what they were doing. And their agency, Jeff Daniels' agency is like, well, clearly you're not going to do this film. It's only for $50,000. And Jeff Daniels said, they can go fuck themselves. I'll sign the contract. And he did which shocks New Line. So not only did Jim Carrey, who loved him, and and the Fairley brothers loved uh, Jeff Daniels get their guy, but he didn't even blink at the $50,000 because he's like, this is going to be a hit. I don't care. And it actually revitalized his entire career. Because of this, he took that risk and didn't listen to his agency. And then I suspected that Jeff Daniels fired his agency because they were so wrong. He's like, no, nah, they were playing it safe. That's their job. My job is to take risk. I was like, yeah, he's betting on himself. Yeah. And it worked out. Like it was just a fascinating article. I, I wish I would have put the link in there. I'm, I think it was Screen Rant that did an interview with him, like right before Dumb and Dumber Two. Dumber and Dumber, Dumber and Dumberest. Yeah, I have to go back and rewatch that. I, I, I saw that when it came. I saw that with uh, Terry, who I wanted to have on this. Um, him and I, I believe, went to the theater to see that, and that yeah. probably the last time I watched Dumb and Dumber. So with the the kids. You're talking about that one, or are you talking no, about no, not uh, the, the one that they redid? No, okay. I think the prequel came out in 2003, and then I think the sequel came out, uh, I would have to look it up. I want to say like 2013. 2014, I think. Was it 14? I've okay. never seen the sequel. It's got some funny parts in it. I forgot it existed until... Yeah. I just, it just, they couldn't resurrect the chemistry and the lightning that they had in this one. But that's my... Uh, that's my story on Jeff Daniels. Just fascinating. Uh, by the way, we're a VHS podcast, so I did watch the VHS on that. I got it right here. Iconic cover of Jeff Daniels, you know, pulling his hair out and Jim Carrey with the big ears and a chipped tooth. Uh, the This is a re-release that I got, I think, somewhere in the late 90s. So it has, like, the New Line Cinema Online trailer. I think that's it. Nothing oh, else. yeah, the internet was new. Get on the new internet when you're not looking at boobies. Come to New Line. Well, There's boobs on the internet? Oh. Any boobs you want. I remember downloading one pixel at a time. Oh, yeah. Took like nine hours. You're like, there's an areola. Oh, yeah. Pretty <laughs> soon, going, nipples going to be there. We're going to, uh, uh, what was that? That music sharing Napster. And it would take like, I don't know, like five, ten minutes to download one song. And you'd be in the middle of something. And then someone would like want to make a phone call. And your download would get interrupted. You had good internet. 
had like fourteen four. Ten minutes first. Like well, I actually had like a twenty eight eight. So everyone's like, "Holy shit, that's fast!" Yeah, I'm gonna media. We have MediaCom when they came out with cable internet. I went over to my buddy's house and he's like, "It's always on. It's just here. I just click it and it pops up." That was back in the day when you had to jerk it to whatever porn you had. You had to make it work. <laughs> it wasn't Usually, like nowadays when you get like too many options. Back then, if you didn't like the girl's figure, fuck you. Make it work. That's what you're stuck with. You guys had girls in yours? <laughs> <laughs> I had to but use like, my uncles. I don't know, like dudes. <laughs> that's the. They've talked that's, about this. That's when you yeah. fell in love with the octopus porn, right? Yeah. We've talked about this before too. It's like you talk about like the guys who you know founded this country and everything. It's like if they came back today, what would they be most surprised with? You know, what would they be like the most shocking thing? And I think it'd just be the fact that you can take this device in your pocket and look at naked women. Yeah, anytime <laughs> you want. You can see your ankles and everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Ben Franklin would just—he would not be—he would be glued to his iPhone like twenty-four-seven. I just remember the- my friend. I, I, this is the funniest shit ever. Um. We caught his stash, and it was printed out shitty prints from the internet, from his, yeah. like, dad's, what was the line printers? Yeah. Oh, Dot oh, Matrix. Dot Matrix, Dot yeah. Matrix. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> his, his jacket stash, his whole, like, stash of, of jerk, jerk-off shit was printed Dot Matrix nude photos. Different, different wow. shades of blue. That is a creative and determined person there. You know what? That I'm sure he went on to do great things. That took some dedication. Uh yeah, he actually yeah, he actually probably makes more money than most of us. So I mean that kid knew what he was doing. Uh, yeah, he's that's uh, fantastic. Yeah. He's a lawyer, so <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah, we used to go in like we had a roommate who never like would lock his computer, so we'd go in and like find all kinds of inappropriate stuff and set it as, as his like screensaver and stuff. We and then, like... the <laughs> yeah. We had a friend that was dabbling in web design and we would just link everything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so funny. Uh, we used to find, I mean, this is how immature we were. We used to find whatever gay porn we could and then put it on my friends all the time. And the best part was when he would erase it, he would get mad and everything. But all that shit was on his browser history. So he used to press certain <laughs> keys and it would come up and be like, fucking guys, man, my mom's going to catch this shit when she visits and everything. And we're like, stop looking up porn, dude. And then you hear another friend, yeah, gay porn, you know, like, because, you know, that's what you were. We're immature assholes. That's how we were then. Yeah. And he would get so mad. We didn't even do it to laugh. We would, the laugh would be his reaction of how mad he would get at something. It's his fault. You should have turned off the computer. Yeah. You didn't laugh at what you did to your friends. You laughed at what your friends did after you did it to them. That's yeah, the, the funny part. There's a comedian out there. Uh, Tom. Oh, I forget his name. Um, he just recently lost a bunch of weight. He's friends with Bert. Uh, Tom Segura. Yeah, it's Tom Segura. He's like, you know, the worst people in the world. It's not. It's not like strangers that you're going to meet on the street. They're going to do anything to you. It's your friends. Your friends are the worst people that will ever, they'll do the worst things to you. I'm like, yep. Oh, yeah. We were awful in our 20s. Nowadays, we're too lazy. I'm not going to do anything mean. I don't care. We used to ran raft a friend inside of his car. (laughs) (laughs) Did he pass out in it? I took a big one from work, and we just started throwing it around the car really fast. No, he got out, but it was funny. Yeah. 
Uh, we we had a friend get really pissed, and then we'll move on to the film. Uh, we we heard that if you put baloney on the car in the sun, yep. it would peel off the paint. Uh, so we did it. Uh, luckily, he got out there. He was pissed. He was fucking pissed. Uh, he took off all the baloney and threw it at us, and it didn't take off the paint. It wasn't on there long enough. But uh, that would that's that's the type of thing your friends do. Yeah, legend has it if you cut it out in shapes of letters and put it on a car, you can spell words. <laughs> Wouldn't know. <laughs> I I think this kind of conversation goes great with this movie, though. Yeah, perfect. I mean, this is this is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to go. You know, they this like what I've said. There's there's kind of like two parts in this movie. Is first you have the setup to go on the road trip with the road trip, and then you get to Aspen where they're like fish out of water. So I think the first half of the film probably has the majority of the quotable line. Well, I can't even say that. You know, you can't, no matter, regardless of what the film is doing, you can't go more than like 90 seconds without getting something quotable or funny or a laugh out of this movie. I will say if it's, if it was only road trip and then walking away at the end, I'd still love it. The Aspen stuff is nowhere near as good as the intro and the road trip. Yeah, it feels like almost the plot gets in the way of their comedy because these guys are so good together and the the lines are so well written that, uh, you know, just it's like some of the things I was reading is when Jim Carrey goes, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? That's non-scripted. They're just going and Jeff Daniels' face is just like, oh, uh, uh, when he hears it because it's his real reaction. He didn't know that was happening. Uh, and the same thing with the uh, mental. He was just like, fuck, you just screamed in my ear. But he kept character. He kept character. But, you know, I'm sure he was like, motherfucker. Yeah, I just, yeah, that was my question, too. I wonder how, you know, how much of this was actually scripted and how much is just like, you know, Jim Carrey, do your thing. Here's the general direction we want you to go. And then you take yeah. it. You take it the rest of the way. I'm sure a decent amount of it. Because those two were so well together, they just fed him lines. Hey, do this. Now change it to this and do what you want. Because I've heard the the Farrelly brothers, Peter Farrelly, uh, especially as a director, is really easy to work with. He lets his actors really explore. So it's uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff uh, that they said that were completely like ad-libbed. Um, I think the uh, pullover, no, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. I think that was completely (laughs) made up by Jeff Daniels, which is awesome. (laughs) I forget that line. I laughed so hard when he did that. Yeah. Uh, And the, uh, there's, oh, the, um, we landed on the moon. That's great. Jim Carrey just did that on the fly. And they're like, that's fucking funny. (laughs) Oh, and I do think this has the pretty woman montage is the best stuff of Aspen. When they're going to the ball, those two are just having so much fun. Fucking beat the shit out of each other with canes. Yeah. (laughs) They look like they're really hitting each other. We did that. Like copying it. We just fucking wailed on our friends with it. Just in the legs, though. Those whelps hurt. They sting. Um... And one of the jokes that I didn't get until many, many, many years later, saying it many times, because because Jeff Daniels uh, delivers it so smoothly when he says, you know, she just out of out of the blue, she gave me one of those John Deere letters. I quote that so many times now, but I never noticed it when I was younger. 
instead of a Dear John letter, a John Deere letter. And there are times I have used that line so many times that I don't even realize I'm saying it wrong when I'm trying to say it right. It doesn't, it, it no longer sounds right to say a Dear John letter. John Deere letter. Right out of the blue, she sent me a John Deere letter. <laughs> she says I didn't pay attention. <laughs> I didn't pay attention. Or something. Yeah, or something. Or something. I didn't listen very much. Yeah. Fucking, I, lo- yeah. I love that. I thought the Rocky Mountains would be rockier than this. That John Denver's full of shit, man. <laughs> yeah. That's why we can't go through the movie, like, you know, minute by minute, because we just be giggling the whole time. Uh, yeah. We didn't uh, do very good at the South Park one either. No. I did, yeah. I did have a note that, like, Seabass, he's clearly a victim of Lloyd and Harry's unprovoked aggression. Well, and he's gay, right? He swings in multiple ways. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's fine. Who really cares what he is? But it says for manly love. Yeah. Meet at this oh, time yeah, period yeah. and he bust yeah. in. I was like, you're the fucking sea bass. And then I forgot he's just peeing. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Checks his wallet. <laughs> oh, another one that I, because I can't figure out. I was trying to think about this. What's my favorite part in this? What's my favorite quote or anything like that? And I'm like, I can't do it because the one where he's just like, you drove the fifth of the direction or what is it? The fifth of a way in the wrong direction. And then later on, she's like, where'd you get that? Traded the van for this hog straight up. Just when I thought you couldn't get any dumber, you go pull a stunt like this. Totally redeem yourself. <laughs> Dude, the, the ending's great. The, 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 we're looking for a suntan lotion boy or an oil boy. Yeah. Or two men. And they're like, there is a town that direction. Find two lucky men. I'm sorry, my friend's a little slow. The town is back that way. (laughs) Boy, two lucky guys are going to get to go on that bus. (laughs) And you're waiting the whole time just for them to, like, it to click. And it does not. It it just ends. (laughs) I'm glad they decided not to end it with a happy ending. They just end it with them walking. Tag, you're it. (laughs) Two hundred fifty thousand. Might want to hold on to that one. These are certified IOUs. Our word is Vermont. <laughs> and we'll pay you back for everything. Oh, I love uh. that fucking line. And it's in the trailer. Or I think it was in the trailer. I don't know. He's just like, uh, I'm sorry. These are five hundred dollar a plate dinners. And he's just like, Oh, put us down for four of them. Yeah, we might one second sprays him right in the face. <laughs> Nice hooters. Uh, yeah, nice set of hooters you got there. Excuse me? Uh, you know what else I forgot? Lauren Holly is smoking. Wow. I. Mm-hmm. Wow, what? I don't remember that at all. I mean, I knew she was pretty, but... Whoa. When I think of her, all I think of is those high beams. Yeah. yeah. Those headlights. That is just in my brain. Oh, and I always like the, the drunken... A uh, lady who's trying to set them up is like, what do you say? Like when she's like uh, getting uh, Jeff Daniels, to Harry to take her out for the day. And then he beats the shit out of her on the ski slopes. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, can we even, can we go into this, um, the soundtrack too. That was yeah. a trip back to the nineties. Yeah, it's good. 
It is nice when you get soundtracks like this that you know every song. Yeah, like Crash Test Dummies. I hadn't heard them for at least 10 years. Dude, that song's so that good. Was, it was great. I like those guys. You need to listen to One Hit Wonders, bud. Yeah. They Dude. talked about that. They did talk about that one. That was, that was one I listened to. That was interesting. I, I love like the, the One Hit Wonders like from those 90s songs. It's just really fascinating to hear all that shit. Yeah. It's a it's a good good pick and choose kind of thing. You're like, I like that band. I like that song. Yeah, there, there's definitely like when there's a song comes up, I have no idea what it is. I'm like, I'm not gonna listen to that. I don't. It could be interesting. Sorry, but don't uh, do that with us, guys. Just keep listening. Yeah. Well, we can see from the downloads, no one likes trimmers, so it's not <laughs> finished. To That's us, true. That's it has true. finished. Then. Then in the future, time travel. It's right. Real confusing. The only good time travel movie is Primer. We're moving on. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other. Well, Back to the Future is awesome. I don't know if it's realistic. It's kind of believe it, it doesn't work well. Ah. Watch Primer. Primer's good. Yeah, It's a great movie. It was written by an engineer. Oh, well, then I'm not going to watch it then. Okay, I'm on it. I, I need to see that. I don't want to be preached yeah. to. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so I was looking up the, uh, the ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead by Crash Test Dummies. Uh, we got New Age Girl. I definitely remember that song all the time uh, during this movie uh, by someone called Dead Eye Dick. I don't know shit about them. But I know that song. Insomniac, uh, Crash from the Primitives, uh, Where I Find My Heaven. Where I Find My Heaven. Who did that? Uh, that is from Chiglo uh, Ants. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I have what? no idea who does that song. Um, too much of a good thing about the sons. Let's see here. Get ready from the proclaimers. I think that was at the the credits. But yeah, th- there was a couple that weren't on the soundtrack. Um, the right hand. What is that one called? Um, right hand red man. Right. Red right. Red, yeah, red right, right hand. Right. Yeah, yeah, that one red wasn't on. Right hand. Yeah, I think that one's in Scream, right? It's in a lot of movies. It's, yeah, and it's. Not just him that does it. I think Johnny or Johnny Cage, Johnny Depp, Johnny Cash covered it or oh, did okay. it originally. It's yeah, it's got multiple versions. Okay, it's a real good fucking song though. Yeah, I've I've heard it before a couple times. It's um, yeah, and I can't remember. There was another song in there that they had problems. Uh, I guess. I don't know. Some movies uh, like acquire the rights for the movie and a soundtrack, and some movies just acquire the song for the the movie. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, I know Beck Loser was supposed to be the theme for this, and at the time Beck was, I don't know if he was on a down point in his career or he just like wasn't feeling the love, but his manager ended up calling him like, "Hey, this movie called Dumb and Dumber wants to." use your song loser and he's like you know i heard an interview with him he's just like i never even gave it a chance uh if i had to redo it i definitely would have gave them the song because that movie's funny as hell but at the time i just heard a movie called dumb and dumber wants to use my movie or wants to use my song loser and he's just like no i'm not doing it you guys don't get the song well now i know what i'm posting on instagram yeah that's what we do i post songs with our our thing and i just type a word of the song and i go through or like the movie and i go through and look find something yeah. stupid so that's really i think all the trivia i have there's more trivia yeah. on this film but yeah um i'm surprised moby wasn't in this 
on the soundtrack. Any, anyone popular in the nineties, yeah. Do we want to go over the the? Did we go over the plot? Do we want to go over the plot? I mean, they're returning a briefcase that he met from a girl at the airport. They, they fell in love with. Fell that in was love with supposed himself. to be a handoff, and I yeah. always get confused on who's handing off what, because the boyfriend that's in charge of it's supposed to be missing. Yeah, he's been kidnapped. But, but he is the kidnapper. It's his people. Yeah, so he's they traveled from Providence, Dortmund. Rhode Island, to Aspen, Colorado, to return it in a and in a dog van. After selling really all chaps my ass. I spent my entire life savings turning my van into a dog. I think got worms. That's what we're gonna call it. But I, <laughs> I love this scene where he's. This is the last of our money. Don't spend it all. <laughs> that with like nineteen cases of beer and a big hat and everything, and sets it on top and loses his wallet. Rhode Island old... slut. Yeah, <laughs> he has an old lady keep his stuff, and she just drives off with it. Like, she got the beer, man. I got robbed uh, by a sweet old lady in a motorized cart. Didn't even see it coming. <laughs> oh, but I mean, those guys are kind of like pieces of shit. You know, they take all the money and they spend it on just stuff. They sell the um the handicapped blind kid at this parakeet. You sold they my dead a... parakeet to a blind kid? But they have a crime wave following them. The FBI's <laughs> on them. Yeah. Because of the yeah. crime wave that's going across. When they it's, in it's the diner, they, they convince the uh cashier that the dudes that want to kill him are paying for everything. Yeah. <laughs> These guys yeah. are pros. They must have been following me for yeah. a while. Why do you say that? Gas man? How do they know I have gas? <laughs> there's so i mean this this whole fucking movie is just a quote after yeah. quote after quote okay some other trivia here like i guess uh, steve martin and martin short were both considered for the role of lloyd or actually might have turned it down ahead of time but i don't yeah. know it seemed i mean they're, they're great but i can't really see anyone besides jim carrey playing that role mm -hmm. it wouldn't be nearly as successful of a movie um mm -hmm. chris elliott and rob lowe were considered for the role of harry at some point I could see Chris Elliott. He could do close. the annoying part, yeah. yeah. But Rob Lowe, no. I mean, I like Rob Lowe, but he's not a hairy type. He he definitely would have changed the character. Yeah. yeah, I guess this was originally conceived by John Hughes, and he sold the he sold the rights to the Farrelly Brothers and asked that he not be included on in the credits for it. Yeah, I saw that. I read that too. Uh, I, I find that I wonder, like, he must have done a treatment because John Hughes was known for like just producing, writing all the time, and producing all kinds of treatments. So yeah, he he made a lot of movies that people don't know he made. Yeah, or, or at least had up... the main idea for them and sold them. Yeah, or would show up and help. Yeah, like halfway oh. through, he was involved in Home Alone heavily. I thought he wrote Home Alone. Yeah, that's it. I'm not smart. <laughs> <laughs> I just know he was involved with it heavily, and I couldn't remember. There was well, something yeah. else in the '80s. Yeah, like every year he was involved in something that was. Oh, like he was a, churning it a out. Smash hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's been a few films where I've seen he's wrote treatments for and sold them, and some of them have been like films you'd never think a John Hughes would do. That's so those made sense. You know, you don't want to attach his name to those, but. I'm glad his name wasn't attached to this because this like just opened up to everyone 
looking forward to the next Farley Brothers film. You know, for a while, they really owned comedy in the 90s and upwards into the 2000s. Uh, then they kind of trailed off. I don't know what they've done lately. I haven't been following them, so we want to bring that up and talk about it at all. But I, I think that's it with the trivia. So uh, we'll move on to recommendations, which are obvious. I think we all recommend it. I don't think I need to ask anyone. Yeah, no. It's a 100% watch this. Yeah. I I would be shocked if anyone who listens to our podcast continually has not seen this. I, w- I would be really shocked. Uh, so they, I mean, this movie's just, especially the the age for anyone who watches VHS regularly from a childhood on. I mean, this is like the perfect teenager coming of age movie. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Watches heavily when it came out. So it looks like Peter Fairley's been directing something called Lucky Hank. Yeah, I was looking. It's nothing. Great. Oh, he directed. Oh, he's the executive producer of Loudermilk. Loudermilk was a good series. My my wife and I watched. Was it? Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, three seasons of it. Uh, just kind of ended. Um, I think, was a good movie. I think COVID kind of really hurt that one and killed it. But yeah, he was he was a producer on Green Book. Let's see Osmosis he... Jones is a producer. Yeah, he's a producer. He... I mean, that, that's a thing. They've these guys are involved in so much. But now that I clicked on director, let's see here. Um, the last movie he directed was was to the last year, the greatest beer run ever, which I will probably watch now. I do remember that because that had Russell Crowe. It's on based off, I think, a true story, and it's got it Russell Crowe and Zac Efron on it. I, I think I'm gonna go and watch that film. That'll be on my list of. Let's actually watch this. And then we got stuff. He directed Green Book. Go fuck yourself. Peter Farrelly? I haven't seen Green Book. Is it good? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, uh. I know what it is. not a I comedy. Yeah, I just haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, great friendship movie, by the way, how they develop a friendship. So, yeah, Dumb and Dumber 2, 2014. So, yeah, Peter Farrelly's definitely slowed down. Uh, I just remember he's, they started coming out with, like, Stuff like the Three Stooges and Hall Pass and the Me, myself, and Irene. I, I well, they just had like I don't know. They had a bad run. Like I, I remember the like I I never watched all of the Three Stooges. I actually quit watching it. I thought the actors that they chose did good portrayals of you know the uh, Three Stooges. I just didn't think the movie was funny. It wasn't funny, which. It doesn't matter how good of an impression you do of the uh, Three Stooges. If it's not funny, who cares? Yeah. Uh, so that is what it is. But uh, we'll move on to the museum. Are we ready? Yeah. I was going to say Jim Carrey moved on. I, mean, I guess everyone who's probably listens to this podcast understands what Jim Carrey's went off and done, too. I mean, he's branched out from mm-hmm. doing crazy comedy, too. I mean, the dude's a genuinely accomplished actor. Yeah. I, I really like the number 23 a lot. You know, I think the number 23 was directed... By Jerry Bruckheimer, who directed uh, last week's film, DC Cab. Mm-hmm. I think it that's was, yeah. So that's an interesting link. I like it a lot. I like oh. when comedians do serious, like weird serious roles. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. That's the one where he kept writing the 23 all over the door, right? And all over the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then it turns into like a film noir at points. Yeah, and, and he's all- like obsessed with linking things to the number 23. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of just goes down to... Crazy rabbit hole. Anyway, let's go in the museum. 
this is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back to our listener submitted slash comedy wing of the museum. This is going to be incredibly difficult, but uh, I'm going to go first, get ahead of you guys, and I'm going to put in uh, mock, yeah, see, yeah, bird, yeah, mockingbird, don't everybody have you heard? I fucking love it when they do that. It's just like the greatest, and I'm, I'm glad no one mentioned it. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it, it's so them just being friends. I, I imagine, I hope that Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels text each other every once in a while because they're real friends. At least on each other's birthday. Holidays, whatever. So, uh, Brad, go ahead. You can go next. I got to go with the Wynum Dynum 69M trucker hat. Yeah. <laughs> I Are wouldn't gonna... be surprised one day if you just show up on this podcast wearing it. I am surprised I don't own one of those right now, actually. I'm <laughs> actually disappointed in myself for not having one of those. You've got a selection of hats. I, I wear do. like one for seven months and then I'll switch it out and wear that for seven months. But yeah. I'm going to go with the uh, John Denver's full of shit, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can love that one. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, I'm looking it up and Etsy does have the trucker hat available for sixteen ninety five. Dang. I mean, that's, that's cheaper true. than whining and dining them. Yeah, yeah it Anymore is. With yeah. This damn inflation. Can't even Dude, take them to McDonald's for that price yeah, I was going to say, you no. can't even eat a McDonald's for one for that anymore. Dude, yeah, I took my family to McDonald's. It was like 50 bucks. Holy shit. Especially no, no, that might be excessive, but it was yeah. way more than I remember it ever being. I've spent that. Especially when kids are like, can I get this and this and this and this? Yeah, we went to Sonic and got Sarah. Sarah loves the pretzel there, and I love the onion rings, but we ended up spending $21. And I was like, wow, it's the last time I go to Sonic. Dude, when I worked at the bar, Sonic was in my parking lot. Oh, no. My apartment complex. Like, same driveway and everything. I'm going there all the time. Their onion rings are really good. They're, like, kind of sweet. Their junk is good. Like yeah. their drinks and their tots and their wings and I mm. heard their like chili cheese fries tots are fucking amazing when you're drunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. I, just, I've heard a lot. Pile them on. Yeah, I've heard a lot. They come in this like long rectangle, so you can just shove it in. Yeah, your it's mouth. like a shovel. <laughs> <right now. laughs> They've engineered this thing. Yeah, that's coming from like Chicago resident too. So when they're talking tater tots, and if you're like Chicago and tater tots, I mean that's like the tater tot capital of the world there. Is it? Uh, I mean, I thought we were the hot dog. Well, I, I shouldn't say we. I don't live there anymore, but I did for 20 years. So I, I've never lived there. I've always lived two hours away. I mean, there, there's nothing like the street vendors in certain parts of Chicago when you're just walking down the street. I mean, the tamale guy in certain parts of, I mean, there's several tamale guys in Chicago, but we always call them all the tamale guy. They're so yeah. fucking good. When you're drunk, and you have a tamale, There's, it's a magical moment. Dude, if you find a tamale guy or a lote. Hmm. Mm, so good. Like, people people sleep on tamales around these parts. They shouldn't. You know why? Because of toasted ravioli. No, it's because fucking white people don't take the husk off. Oh, they don't true. know that you, they're like, they're really hard to chew. And I'm like, masa? They're like, no, that shell. And I was like, yep, that's a wrapper that you throw away. Yeah, that's the you peel. You don't need that. That's a disposable peel, brother. 
Oh, it's so good too. Like the tamale guy, a couple of the tamale guys would, I for like fifty extra cents would uh, sell you the salsa that you dip it in. So fucking good. Mm-hmm. But it was impossible not to get the salsa on your hands, so you had to have a lot of wet wipes or napkins. But it doesn't matter when you're drunk. You're just like, it's so good. <laughs> you bite a hole and then pour it into the hole. Oh shit, that's smart. You. I'm an idiot, but I know food. I should have had you as a friend in the 2000s. You could have taught me so much. (laughs) All right. That'll end it this week. Uh, Next week, we'll have another listener-submitted movie to watch. I don't think... Is next week's a comedy? Who cares? Come back and find out. Do you have that one planned? Is everything we do do. a comedy? Yeah, thanks to uh, Chris's nice little notes here on all of our iPhones, we actually do have a planned set. So, uh, anyway, I think it's a comedy. I already forgot. One of them says, insert other viewer movie here. So, <laughs> I don't think we have them in yet. Well, we'll figure oh, it out. We'll have it by next week. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Remember to be kind. And rewind. And rewind.